Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Couch Podcast. And in today's episode, I am here with Butsy, and we are going to be doing our weekly recap of the college football weekend games. Um, this is for week when week one rather of the college football season. Uh nothing too crazy games wise, but there are a couple of big games that we want to talk about. But let's start with our bets for this upcoming or the past slate, rather. Uh, what did your I know you had a relatively big betting slate. So why don't you go mm. ahead and run through how you did, Butsy? Yeah, I put down 19 bets. Wow. I put down 19 bets last week. Um, I had a, not not a great track record. I went uh, 8 and 11. So not horrible. Okay. So down uh, down a couple units, down four units overall after the juice. Um, I felt pretty confident about a lot of my picks. Some of them just... Some of them were, I had a few really bad beats, actually. A few of them just kind of didn't go my way late. Uh, I took a few big spreads that, you know, they got up big early and kind of slowed down. But I'll say my sharpest play of the week was Florida State plus two and a half. I absolutely loved that play. Um, and I think we'll get into that game later, but I think they are absolutely legit. I love them. And then my other sharp play I loved was Rutgers. That was like my lock. If I had to give out a lock, that was my absolute lock of the week. Northwestern is a horrible football team. And Rutgers came through big, so shout out Rutgers. Nice. All right. Um, were you on the bad beat end of the San Jose State late touchdown? I was not. I had San Jose State spread because they actually looked really good against yeah, so you actually uh against USC for what USC yeah. was supposed to be. Uh, I thought their run game was really good. Um, DJ Ugalele had a sick game. He did not play well at Clemson. Transfers into Oregon State and had five touchdowns. I think he threw for five touchdowns or five total touchdowns. Yes. Uh, against San Jose State, so they they just absolutely ripped apart that defense. Um, they were sixteen and a half point dogs at home, and they lost by thirty five or twenty five rather. So that was kind of a miss on my end. Um, the bad beat was I had the uh, under in that Penn State game. Oh, and that got ruined because Penn State decided to fucking score uh, with like fifty or like fifteen seconds left. They had the ball on the five yard line. All they had to do was kneel, and we'd be fine. Um, but that cashed the Penn State spread, and it cashed the over. So if coaches say that they don't know what the spreads and totals are, they are incorrect because uh, they absolutely the head coach of Penn State absolutely knew what the what the total was and what the spread was, and he was going to cash it, and he did, and he cost me some money. But um, Penn State looked good; like uh, they looked good. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. That's a tough beat. Um, I myself, I did all right this weekend. I went two and zero. I hit on. Notre Dame. Oh, sorry. I hit on Tennessee versus Virginia over. Um, it was a sweat in the first half, but they kind of came alive the second half there. And then I live bet Colorado in the first quarter against TCU on a 50% odds boost at plus 570. And I got a nice hit there. So Beautiful. Um, that's the game I want to start with Colorado versus TCU. Obviously, uh, Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime's first game. They come and his his son, first off, um, the quarterback plays extremely well. He really put on a show. And then um, Hunter, the cornerback, the five star recruit that they got, uh, absolutely lights it up. Shador Sanders uh, threw for a school record 510 yards and four touchdowns, just absolutely crushing a TCU team. Um, There's a couple of narratives I just want to discuss because Coach Prime is going on this whirlwind of a tour where he's really getting pissed off at everybody in the media and a lot of people either love it or hate it um i understand why he's mad 
I do want to say this is a TCU team that lost, I believe, like seven starters to the NFL draft, including their quarterback, who is obviously the most important player on the team. So um, it's not like they beat the the TCU that played Georgia in the national championship. But nonetheless, uh, Coach Prime gets here and he brings an awful Colorado team already to a win and over a ranked opponent in TCU. So what did you take away from this game, Butsy? There's a few things. Like, you're right that it's not the same TCU team. They obviously lost Deuce Vaughn, their QB. They lost a ton of guys. But I was reading a report today that said, some ESPN guys said that TCU believe, or the, ES, the ESPN draft analyst believes that they TCU has three corners that should go uh, to the NFL really? draft after this year. So it's not like this TCU team was bad by any means. Uh, I think they deserve the preseason rank of being number 17, but Colorado looked really good um, offensively. I mean, their offense is a fucking juggernaut. I'm very concerned about their defense still. Uh, I understand this is a giant win. They only won one game all year last year. And to get their first win against a ranked opponent on enemy soil is is a huge momentum booster. And I think Coach Prime, and I was I was watching part of my take because Barstool is obviously, you know, they work very closely with Dion. Yeah. And I'm a Dion guy, FSU fan. Uh, but he says all this stuff, and I don't think he's trying to piss off the media and trying to piss off everyone. They use it. They believe like the part of my take guys, and I kind of agree with them. They said they use this, they use he uses this as his own motivation, like his own way yeah. to get himself pissed off and his guys fired up. Because, you know, you, if you're coming in and just it's a huge win, but they're trying to like they're setting the bar so high for themselves. And honestly, that's how you become that's how you become great, is you is you set really high expectations. And when it happens, you talk your shit. You talk your shit. You talk your talk after a huge win. And I really like would like to see them keep rolling. They have a very tough schedule, uh, but the Pac-12 is really strong. Uh, I think the Pac-12 went 12-0 and this year, this weekend, which is one of the first times in a long time that a conference has gone undefeated within the first weekend. So Pac-12 looking a little stronger in their, in their final year really being a, being a real conference before they completely get fucked by realignment. Uh, but I liked what I saw in Colorado. Travis Hunter is unbelievable, um, living up to his you know five-star. I mean, if there's a six-star, he probably would have gotten it. Uh, coming out of high school because he's that good. And he played like, I think a total of like 130 snaps, something like that. Like he played yeah. an unbelievable amount of snaps. He's an absolute workhorse. Um, I'm sure you saw the clip and everyone who's listening saw the clip of the TCU fan being like, throw it to Travis. And on literally that same play, he gets, gets the pick and then they turn to the TCU fan who's just depressed. Um, but that was a really unbelievable game. Uh, Colorado definitely still has some questions uh, with their front seven. I think their corners are good. Travis Hunter is obviously unbelievable. Uh, the front seven, I think, is going to be an issue. So I, I'd like to watch out for that going forward. But Colorado's a ton of momentum. They sneaked into the top 25 after week one. All momentum is going upwards. So riding the Colorado train for now. Big game against Nebraska. We'll have our picks for that game for sure uh, in a later episode this week. But yeah, Travis Hunter, obviously fantastic on both ends of the ball. He had, I believe, 11 receptions. <clears throat> Excuse me, six receptions. Nope, sorry. 11 receptions for 119 yards, averaging 10.8 yards per uh, per reception. He also, I believe, was it or no, he had the touchdown called back, right? I think he had a touchdown. He dropped one. He dropped, he dropped one, one too. Yeah. But I mean, and his then, speed, um, like his speed to get past the corner was unbelievable. It was a really well-placed ball too. Just a tough catch for sure. Yeah. As you mentioned, just both ends of the field getting it done. Um. All right, let's go now to the game that was on last night. Duke upsets Clemson at home. One of the weirdest college football games I've ever watched. Um, and if you're a Clemson fan, I think you should be 
close to ringing the alarm here. Uh, Kate Klubnik did not look good at all, and Duke should have actually beat them by more. Duke had like four or five opportunities to score, and they fumbled the ball a million times. It looked very bad. Um, I was not impressed with Clemson's performance. Um, what did you take away from this game, Butsy? I don't think Duke is that great of a team. I think Clemson is just oh. really, really fucking bad. Like, I, I think they're really, really bad. You talked about being close to the alarm bell. I think that those alarm bells are going off. Uh, yeah. They had a really bad year last year. And your first game as a top 10 ranked opponent and against Duke, who's not great by any means. Like, they didn't do anything really special. Uh, Clemson's offense just couldn't get it moving. So I think this is more of just a Clemson, like, what the fuck is going on rather than props to Duke. Obviously, I mean, props to Duke for beating him, but still, like, Clemson put up seven points against Duke. Like, that is embarrassing. Um, their offense looked really shitty. Uh, I, I saw the highlights today. I didn't catch the game last night, but I saw the highlights today, and, you know, Duke Duke didn't look that great. Clemson just looked really, really fucking bad. Uh, the Dabo Sweeney, uh, they, they might be calling for his head up there in Clemson really soon, uh, if not now. Like, he is definitely on the chopping block after a really disappointing year last year, and obviously dropping their first game as a top 10 opponent. This was Duke's first win over a top 25 team since like 19 or top 10 team since 1989. And it was yeah. Syracuse. Like ridiculous. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't think really anybody saw this coming. The spread was only 12 and a half, which I think is because it was at Duke. If that's at Clemson, I believe it's probably a little closer to like 20, but no doubt Clemson should have won this game and it's disappointing. They didn't. Uh, so I think Clemson is in a heap of trouble and I think they got some really, really bad years ahead. Uh, I know last year wasn't great, and this year was kind of their chance to to rebound after last year, but I think they got some really dark days ahead. Yeah, as you mentioned, DJ Uyungale goes to Oregon State, so they bring in Cade Klubnik. They kind of have the, their faith in him, and he just really did not look good. Um, neither quarterbacks really looked good, but Riley Leonard not looking good makes a lot more sense because it's his like second year playing football, so you can kind of yeah, right. let him not play great. Um, yeah, Duke did everything in their power to lose this game. They, had, they went... They had seven uh, penalties for 45 yards, and they had two turnovers. That, uh, both of them were fumbles. This kid, Calhoun, on Duke literally um, made two. Like, he had a penalty that was awful that really fucked him over, and then he dropped a uh, – he fumbled a punt or whatever. That was really bad. Um, but obviously, I think he ends up catching a touchdown in this game. Um, really, this game was a hard watch. It was like watching high school football kind of. I'm – I don't know what's going on down there in Clemson. I do think Dabo's an absolute legend, so I'm not sure if they're going to be calling for his head soon, but they also love winning, and they have not been winning really since that Trevor Lawrence year, so they really need to figure some stuff out, and at least with them and that program, they have the boosters and the money to always be in contention and always get good uh, recruits, so I'm not super worried, but I mean, if this is your first game, this is going to be a tough season at the very least, I think. And Duke, I mean, I think this is a little bit of a fluke. I am not a big Riley Leonard fan. I think he's um, going to need a couple more years to really develop. I think they had him ranked as like the fourth ranked quarterback in the 2024 draft. I would be surprised if he goes to the draft. He's so raw. And he was making a lot of poor reads um, last night and really kind of, you know, making not the greatest decisions. So. I don't know. Let's talk more about some bad quarterback play. And that was with LSU and Florida State. Um, obviously, Jordan Travis played well, but uh, Daniels on LSU did not play well at all. I was watching this game with my grandfather and him and I were like, this guy cannot make a single pass. Jaden Daniels was 22 for 37. He had 347 yards. But some of these reads and throws that he was making, 
was were really interesting. Um, I thought they were very weird. And I also did not like when he launched himself in the middle of the air and got absolutely nuked. I thought that was a very dumb decision by him. But uh, what did you see from this LSU team, which is another team I think that might be sounding the panic alarm? They were not a big fan of Ryan Kelly last year. Uh, he already comes out and loses against FSU. Um, I think they're getting ready to sound the alarm down there in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I I, I want to. I think it's a lot more of flat, bad play calling from. Uh, fuck, sorry, coach Kelly. name Brian Kelly. Yeah, I think Brian Kelly did a really bad job play calling in this game. Uh, Daniels is a uh, is a running quarterback. He's like a Lamar Jackson. He's a pass second option for sure. And when he got into space, he was really efficient. Uh, obviously, he had the one play where he kind of got level. But besides that, I thought he ran really well with the ball, uh, especially when he got into space. He's really elusive. Um, he, but he's not like they tried to use him as QB. Like he had 15 rushes for 64 yards in a 40 yard rush. It was his longest. I thought he ran with the ball really well, but I just feel like Brian Kelly tried to use him as like a Tom Brady. I think that's like the analogy that we've been kind of throwing around here is he's not a thrower. Like he's not that great of a thrower. So I mean, 37 pass attempts for him, that's way too many pass attempts, in my opinion. 22 for 37 for 347 yards with a pick and a sack and uh, with a pick and a TD with four sacks, too. It's not a horrible game on paper, but I just feel like they were most efficient and they moved the ball down the field the best when Daniels would get into space and could break off, you know, 15, 20-yard runs for first downs. Uh, and we saw, like, a limited amount of that because of the play calling. He should not be throwing the ball 37 times. That's just not who he is. And if this team is going to win, he's going to have to do a lot more with his legs. Uh, and they have to that's how they have to play call. Um, I think this is more of a Florida State coming out party, in my opinion. I think Florida State is absolutely legit. Their defense looked really sick. Their secondary was solid, uh, as well as their quarterback, who kind of got off to a slow start. Um, Travis needed a little time to get comfortable, but when he did get comfortable, he was fucking insane. 23 for 31 for 342 yards and four TDs and a pick. His The one pick that he threw to was a really just bonehead play uh, early in the game when it was close. I think it was like 7-7 at the time. Uh, he Or 14-14, I forget what it was, but it was I think it was tied. He just made a bad decision. Uh, but after he got kind of got comfortable within the game and got settled in, he was really fucking good. Uh, I like this guy, the receiver um, from Florida State, Coleman, uh, had oh, cool. nine catches for 122 yards and three touchdowns. He's sick. Uh, I thought Florida State's play calling was great. Uh, the LSU secondary looked lost at times, and Florida State just had open guys, and uh, Travis got the guys the ball in space, and they were able to make plays. So definitely a big Jordan Travis fan, definitely a big Florida State fan. Uh, they came out with a lot more energy than I thought they were going to, um, especially on offense. And you would talk about Clemson. They've dominated the ACC like for so long, you always used to be able to just pencil Clemson in for like the ACC champion every year. Yeah. But this is not going to be the case if Florida keeps us up. Obviously they'd beat the number five team in the country. They're probably, they are probably deserving of the number five spot in the country after that performance. So I'm a big Florida state fan. I don't think they can compete with like a Georgia yet. Uh, but I still believe that they're probably a top. They're definitely a top five team in the country right now. So definitely riding this Florida state wave, big fan of theirs. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Keon Coleman, too. He's the uh, Michigan State transfer, the wide receiver, 6'4". Mm -hmm. um, he played awesome. And, yeah, I think – I'm with you. I think this is the FSU coming out party. I I do think uh, LSU kind of maybe made a mistake with that. Uh, Brian Kelly hire hiring someone. They need to hire someone who's from the area. I think LSU is such a unique place. Like, Coach O was really perfect for them because he embodied LSU. I feel like 
Brian Kelly is having a really tough time um, embodying that program, and he makes a lot of weird decisions. And I just think they kind of made a mistake on this hiring. Um, I think you got your information about him from Notre Dame and why they made that hiring. I'm not so sure, but I don't I know. I disagree think... with you, to be honest. Okay, like, I, I think that I think that he's a great college football coach. Obviously, not the best NFL coach, but I think he's a really good college football coach. I mean, we think about LSU last year. They beat Bama at home. And I know Bama kind of had a down year or an iffy year. I think Bama still had like three losses on the year, but LSU looked really good last year. Jaden Daniels with his legs was unreal. Uh, it was just not the same LSU team that we saw last year. I don't know if they lost any guys to the transfer portal or to the draft. I'm not really too sure because I'm not, you know, all in the know about that because there's so many fucking players like in college football that when you when some guys uh, go to the draft to get transferred, you don't really know and they could be some big impact guys, but Jaden Daniels was unbelievable last year. Brian Kelly did a great job with uh, with LSU last year. So I'm not I'm not ready to sound the alarm bells for LSU yet. I think this was a really really tough game, but obviously in the SEC they're going to have many many chances to to prove themselves, and I think they will. I I, I think this is not their best performance. And you want to talk about a team that had chances? Like LSU had the ball a lot. Like they they had opportunities to score, and it was. You know, a few key, you know, turnovers or, or, or failed third down conversions where they couldn't get close. I mean, I, I didn't hate what I saw at LSU. I just thought that they needed to fix the play calling. And once that play calling kind of gets fixed and tailors more to quarterback runs and, and, and a lot more read options, this team's going to be good. Um, you know, they ran 64 plays compared to FSU 66. Florida State did have the ball for a lot longer because they commanded, they put together like really good long drives and LSU failed to do that. Uh, but Florida State had 494 total yards. LSU had 460. I mean, that different from Florida State. Like, we want to talk about first down, rushing yards, total yards, all that stuff. Florida State also had seven penalties compared to LSU's too. So yeah. they were a lot more disciplined. They just made, they just didn't have the right play call. They didn't move the ball well. LSU had four sacks. Florida State had none. Like, I don't know. I, the stats don't show that this is a 21-point loss. It's actually really a 28-point loss because they scored with, you know, a minute left. LSU scored with a minute left. But, like, I, I, I just think that LSU has a few things to work out, and I think they will, and I think they'll have many opportunities to prove themselves as still a really decent football team. I think they probably belong in the top 15 still in the country. But I think they're going to have to prove uh, to the committee, like with a few big uh, SEC wins, that they belong there. All right, let's go down now to the Duke's Mayo Classic. Drake May and the Tar Heels put an absolute whooping on Spencer Rattler and the USC Gamecocks. I love watching USC lose, and I love watching Spencer Rattler lose. I am not a fan of him whatsoever, and uh, hopefully UNC is my girlfriend's future dental school, so I was I had some invested oh, interest in um, UNC as well as Butsy and I's adopted uh, college football team, uh, second to the Vols, of course, but... You know, they're my basketball fan team too. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows me and knows that I'm a huge UNC ball fan. That's what I meant. Basketball. Sorry. I, well, you're dealing with a COVID max right now. So I'm I'm sorry if I'm falling sure. apart here. I'm very ill. Um, okay. Drake May p- plays really well. The big D de- the big story in this game was the defense, especially the front seven at UNC. They got after it. They looked insane. Um, and that was not really what I was expecting coming into this game. I actually am glad we didn't record because I was gonna give out USC as a pick. Um, and I'm really glad I did not because UNC just looked to be the much better team. I was hyped on USC um, 
a little bit. I mean, I obviously despise them, but I kind of figured that they were going to be a lot better than uh, the spread was showing. And boy, were they not. They were a lot worse. I think the spread was minus two and a half. They lost by like 14. Um, and yeah, Drake May played extremely well. Um, Spencer Rattler did not play really well, although he was efficient. He had a QBR of 44. Um, I mean, they really just couldn't get much going. The rushing game was non-existent. I think they, fin- yeah, they finished the game with thirty-one rushes for negative two yards. Um, negative just two. absolutely awful. Yeah. Um. So really bad performance from USC. What did you take away from this game, Butts? USC is bad. South Carolina is bad. Um. Really, really bad. UNC, like you said, their front seven was really good. Uh, Drake May didn't play unbelievable. Uh, he did throw two picks, which isn't great. But, I mean, if you can get his passing game figured out, and you can chop it up to whatever you want, you know, first game jitters, week one, like, totally understand. And he's projected to be a, you know, first-round draft pick for sure in this upcoming draft. Uh, scouts absolutely love him. And combined with their front seven in their rushing game, I think UNC could be legit. Uh, you want to talk about a team that could kind of possibly compete with FSU for the ACC? Like, UNC could do it. UNC could absolutely do it this year. But you're right, Max, like, UNC's defense is insane. Like they they really prove themselves, and it's actually funny because they're usually a team that has an such an explosive offense, but a horrible defense. And they would kind of just win games by outscoring teams. And the fact that they could step up on defense and hold South Carolina to negative two rushing yards is insane. is <laughs> is actually pretty yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so if their front seven can continue to play like that, uh, and Drake May can figure out, uh, you know some decision-making and, and it made it, you know, limiting the mistakes, limiting the turnovers. This team could be really fucking good. All right. Penn state versus West Virginia. Penn state puts quite a whooping on West Virginia, 38, 15. It was a fun game to start before Penn state started to pull away a little bit here. Uh, the real story of this game was Drew Aller, 21 for 29 with 325 yards passing three touchdowns. Um, they looked really good. I also just want to talk about the O-line for Penn State along with their rushing. I mean, Nicholas Singleton um, looks to be really legit, sort of, sort of. I don't want to say it because, like, he's not actually like it, but a little bit saquon Just, I mean, Saquon's a unicorn, but just watching the Penn State power back like that. Um, but, yeah, and then Keandre Lambert-Smith, I mean, four receptions, 123 yards. He's averaging 30.8 yards per reception. He also had a 72 yard touchdown um or i believe it was a touchdown um he and he caught two touchdowns this penn state really team could not do anything wrong they looked amazing and um this is a team that they're ranked seven now i think they could actually make a lot of noise in the playoff especially they seem to be putting everything together they get they get their quarterback drew aller in there obviously um they finally have someone that i feel like they're really set and happy with because their quarterback situation has been in a little bit of flux uh recently and now they kind of have their guy, they have their rushing component, they have the defense, and they have the offensive line. They really have all the pieces. There might be some questions about the secondary a little bit, but that offensive line is really is really good, um, and the, the front seven defensively is really good. So I'm really excited to see what Penn State can do here. I thought this was a great coming out performance for them and for Drew Aller. What did you think of this game, Butsy? Yeah, I agree. When Penn State's at their best and when they've been at their best in previous years, it's when they've had their guy at QB. When they have their guy at QB, they're a really, really fun team to watch and they're a really good team. So I think that if they have this, if they have Aller and they really believe in him, and then, you know, to combine that with the rushing game and their defense fixes a few holes, then this team could be really fucking good in the Big Ten and possibly compete for the Big Ten title again. Uh, 
their Penn State is such an electric team because they have obviously when they have the whiteout and you know there's a lot of hype surrounding them and they obviously have a huge stadium and a great following and a great fan base but it's really comes down to their quarterback play they're always they always have decent weapons on the outside obviously like Godwin and and you could go on and name the names who that of you know skill positions that have come to Penn State and have been great and great NFL players but when they're winning football games, it's when they have good QB play. That's you know they're never gonna like really lock you down defensively. Uh, not not like they're gonna stop guys, but they're not gonna you know completely lock teams down. It's their quarterback play. They're completely dependent on that to win football games. And when their quarterback's good, they win. And I really like Aller. I think he's could be the quarterback of the future for Penn State and lead them to uh, new heights this season. Yeah, uh, another girlfriend mentioned here. My girlfriend went to Penn State and. It used to be a meme. Sean Clifford used to be a meme around there. Like, uh, whenever he he threw a touchdown to someone, they would go, "You just got scored on by Sean Clifford." So, I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at the last ten years of Penn State quarterbacks, is Sean Clifford, Trace McShorley, and Christian Hackenberg. I mean, those aren't really um, crazy names out of there, and that's why I don't think they've been like an insane fran- uh, you know, school the last couple of years. So, if Drew Aller is what they expect, they are. I think he expect he is i think they're going to be something very special here um i agree is there any games you want to talk about before we go to the tennessee uva game hmm let's take a look at the board here uh alabama dominant performance i mean that was kind of expected baylor losing at home to texas state i think is a big time upset oh yeah Uh, i know we didn't expect much out of baylor and they were unranked but texas state i think came into this game as like 27 point underdogs and won outright in baylor and they were kind of in command of the game from start to finish so I really, really was disappointed in Baylor. I didn't really have a play in the game, so it wasn't anything that I kind of like had, a, you know, an eye on. But it was still kind of something that I kept checking throughout the day, being like, Jesus Christ, like Baylor's getting shellacked as 27-point favorites. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, I thought A&M looked really good against New Mexico. A&M's offense looked really special. I know, obviously, New Mexico isn't a very great football team. But, no. Uh, A&M looked good. Um I don't really think there are any other big games to talk about. I'm just trying to scroll through before oh, we move with the on ba- here. With the Baylor game, I kind of I didn't overreact because I chalked that up to the Blake Shapen injury. Um, they lose their starting quarterback like in the middle of the game, so I think that always fucks up a team. But yeah, not a good look with losing to Texas State uh, to open it up. But yeah, um, <clears throat> I thought one more, uh, one more. I got one more. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oregon hanging 81 points. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's insane. I mean, Oregon hanging 81 is fucking ridiculous. Uh, Bo Nix, 23 for 27 with three TDs, and he got yanked uh, by the end of the game. And I, 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 this happens every year because Oregon will come out and win, and I'll absolutely buy into Oregon because you love their colors. And I always want them to be good because I just, I don't yeah. know. I, I like Oregon. I kind of always have from a football perspective. And then, you know, they'll play. Like, last year, it was Georgia. Like, they got absolutely fucking whomped yes, by Georgia last year after, like, having a lot of hype, the Bo Nix hype, which I'm kind of in on Bo Nix. I, I, I do this – I've had this for the past couple of years, especially last year when he, when he transferred to Oregon. I bought into the Bo Nix hype, and I know he got fucking beat by Georgia, but Georgia was, you know, almost an NFL team. Like, they had all yeah. – They're the Eagles. NFL uh, so I'm buying into the Bo Nix hype again this year, and, and I really – can't wait to be let down when they play a, a top five school and get absolutely beat up bad. But for now, they're exciting. They're fun. And uh, I'm in. Yeah, the Bonex hype has never worked out for me. I bought into him in his last year in Auburn. Obviously, that didn't go bad. well. And Oh, he was yeah. not good at Auburn. 
yeah, so it just is always tough. Um, and then Florida, Utah. I mean, Florida, they really got to figure out that quarterback situation. They look rough. Utah gets it done without Cam Rising and their best tight end. Um, really tough look for Florida there. Yeah, they uh, they they really hurt. They really are hurting bad because they lost Anthony Richardson. Uh, they weren't that good even with Anthony Richardson last year. I know they had a few really impressive wins, but besides that. They did not have a really great season. Uh, they don't have the weapons to compete with, you know, some of the top schools in the country, obviously, kind of like they have and have had previously. And the big thing, too, in this game, which I was kind of surprised about, Florida laid an absolute egg, and Utah didn't even have Cam Rising. And Cam Rising is arguably one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country. Uh, we saw what he did against, was it USC last year? Yeah, yes. Yeah, USC last year. He had, had one of the most gutsy performances we've ever seen. It was fucking so fun to watch. I did have Utah in that game, which is probably why uh, I'm a little partial uh, for that game. But I'm a definitely Cam Rising fan. And it, when he gets back, uh, he should be back for next week. But when he comes back and, and into this Utah team, I think they could be really, really, really good too. So I like Utah a lot. Florida, you couldn't be lower on Florida right now. I mean, they don't have the weapons. They don't have the quarterback. They just seem to be a dysfunctional group of people, dysfunctional team at the moment. And this was kind of their chance too, you know, without Cam Rising, going to Utah, it's a very difficult place to play. Utah's probably top, one of the top most difficult places to play in the country. Uh, but they had an opportunity to go in and beat Utah without Cam Rising, and they didn't even come close. So I think alarm bells are definitely going off in Gainesville. All right, let's talk now about my Tennessee Volunteers. We get the win 49-13 against UVA. Um, I thought this was like about as perfect of an opening game as you can have. Um, Joe Millen didn't play great. He played he played really well though. Um, but we also got to see Nico a little bit, which is awesome. We got to see the running game, the passing game, and the defense, which is much improved um from last year. Obviously, last year defense was our our low point and this year, I think it's still going to be not as good as our fast offense and how good our offense is, but the defense was much improved. I mean, first off, we got to talk about Tyler Barron. He he played awesome. He had two and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, James Pierce Jr. also had two sacks and two tackles for loss. Um, Omari Thomas had two ta- or three tackles and one and a half tackles for loss. Um, and then our lineman, I forget his name. He has that viral uh, video going going viral right now where he blocked the guy basically out of the arena, which was freaking yeah. awesome. Into the um, tunnel. Into the tunnel. Joe Milton looked pretty good. I wish they kind of let him unleash the long ball a little bit more. I thought he was pretty accurate. There was a couple of uh, drops there. Jalen Wright had a day. He had 12 carries for 115 yards, averaging 9.6 yards per carry, which it felt like he was getting a first down on every carry, um, just as the you know, th- the stats are saying, and then squirrel, squirrel, right? White, rather. It was good to see him having a coming out year um, or game rather. And then really no one else on the uh, receiving end did anything too crazy other than squirrel, right? And he didn't even do anything that crazy. He just went six for 45. He got targeted a bunch, but um, yeah, there was a really big distribution. I mean, two, four, six, eight, ten 10 players caught the ball for, Tennessee so 10 players uh, got receptions it shows that they really have a bunch of options Um, I just would have liked to see them unleash it a little bit more but nonetheless they get the win here it was a little um, I mean we're just so fast we're the fastest team in college football if you watch the offense it's just hurry up hurry up hurry up there's no huddles ever it's just fast 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 and I love the pace Um, you start getting the fake injuries which always is freaking annoying they need to fix that the new clock is kind of messing with us a little bit but other than that I mean we looked really solid. 
Um, Virginia, I think, is going to be a pretty solid team. We, we, the first, I keep saying we like I'm on the team, I'm not on the team, but <laughs> um, they come out, you know, in the first couple of drives, I thought they were going to score a bunch and they get a couple of, uh, Virginia gets a couple of stops there. So um, they looked all right. And they're coming back, you know, obviously from that horrific tragedy. So I thought, um, you know, this would be a little bit closer of a game than it was. But either way, I'm really happy with how Tennessee performed. They got Austin PA next week. Um, so just, you know, don't lose that game and we'll go from there. But they have a really easy schedule and yeah, they need to they need to do that actually. Yeah, they, they need to blow out teams like this um in order to make it um an impression on the pollers, you know, because they do look into the strength of schedule and Tennessee's schedule is pretty weak. So if you have a weak schedule like that and then you lose to the good teams, um, yeah, it's not gonna look good for you. So Here's yeah. on to Austin PA. What what did you uh, take away from this one, Buzz? Well, I I think there's not much to take away. I, I think UVA is solid, but Tennessee's obviously just so much better. Uh, they still have an absurd amount of talent. You want to look at like their schedule, and obviously, do I think they're a top four team in the country? No, like I, I don't. I'm sorry, Max. I don't think they're a top four team in the country. But you want to take a look at like when their first real challenges. If you, I don't even know if you want to count South Carolina at home. Uh because of how they how bad they looked the other day, but if you want to, if you don't want to count them, their first real challenge is hosting A and M on October fourteenth. Like they have an opportunity to win a lot of games if they take care of business against the teams they should take care of, then they should be a top ten team in the uh, in the country. They do play Alabama the week after A and M, which I think is going to be a tough game at Kentucky. That's not a cakewalk either. I think Kentucky's pretty solid. Obviously, they host UConn, go to Mizzou, who's not great. And then they host Georgia. That's their big game. Like, But we're talking a situation where Tennessee could find a way to lose only two games this year. You know, after losing their QB and losing a few guys, they, this team could get away out of this season only losing two games. That probably puts them in the top 10 for sure. Uh, as long as they're competitive against Georgia and competitive against Bama, they could be the seventh ranked, seventh, eighth ranked team in the country. So... I, I think they have a lot of promise and a lot of upside. And like we've, we, we, you talked about and that I kind of just went over, they have a pretty easy schedule. So if they take care of business against the teams they should take care of and then put up a fight against UGA and Bama, uh, I, I think they, uh, they got, they have a good season lined up ahead. I'm circling that Florida game, uh, not next week, but the week after uh, it's in the swamp and Tennessee just struggles there. I'm just putting that out there. I would not be surprised. Everyone struggles in the swamp. Yes. I would not be surprised if that's just a dumb game that we lose like 23, 20, um, and it just ruins my week because that's how Tennessee football fandom is. They're expected to go like, you know, only have two losses. They're probably going to do some bullshit and lose to Florida or lose to right. South Carolina. But if they beat Florida, well, they, they probably won't lose South Carolina. But if they beat Florida, like if they find a way to beat Bama or Georgia. Yeah. And don't lose any games that they shouldn't lose, then they're in. Like yes. they they then they're in. There's no real there's no real doubt about it in my mind. Like if they but if they drop to Florida or you drop to South Carolina and you still beat Bama, they're, they're probably not gonna beat Georgia, by the way. I'm sorry. Like I I know I know they're no, I know they're hosting Georgia, but I don't think they're gonna beat Georgia. I don't think Bama's still great. So if they can find a way to beat Bama and not lose the games they, they should win, then they're a top four team. Right, I I really think that they'd be a top four team if that happens. So, I it's kind of a little nerve wracking because Tennessee's a team that you could see losing a game that they shouldn't lose. 
like yeah, like do. at Florida where it's like on paper they really shouldn't lose this game, but it's called football and anything happens on any given Saturday. So there's a little little bit of nervousness, a little bit of anxious anxiety there, but they're set up good for the season. Uh, I like what they got in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you, and I think there's something there's like a opportunity to get Alabama. There is. There's like there is there's, somebody, there's like there's a chink in the armor right now, and we can go attack it. There is something there. I think their quarterback situation is a little up in the air. Um, they've lost some players to injury. I think there's an opportunity there to go at them. Um, and Georgia is obviously going to be amazing, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. I do think there's going to be um, a little bit of a of some regression. Um, now I could be wrong about that, but I, I just can't see them being as dominant as last year. Um, just because well, I mean, year. yeah. I mean, Setson Bennett was with them for so long. He knew that offense so well. I mean, I know um, they have, like, some guys coming in. He Carson Beck, I believe, is their starter right now. And yep. he's a junior. He's been with the program for a little bit. But, I mean, I don't know. I just – I do think there's an opportunity there maybe to catch Georgia. I, I'm, I'm obviously t- talking myself up. But uh, at least Alabama, I do think there's a shot. I don't think they'll win against Georgia like you said. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you hype me up. I think, I think this team could be – something special and I'm really happy to see uh Nico get some reps. I mean, granted he only had three passes, but still um, you know, he's our first five star QB since Peyton Manning. So, you know, yeah. we love to see him get some reps like that. But all right. Any other stuff you want to talk about before we go here? I Georgia last year, everyone forgets that they were really fucking close to losing to Ohio State. Yeah. And honestly Maybe people argue should have lost to Ohio State. Obviously, they put a fucking beating on TCU, but I think either team would have done that in the national championship game, whether it was Ohio State or Georgia. Uh, Georgia didn't play that great of a game against Ohio State last year, but Ohio State was still in that game, and and they were really fucking close to winning it. So uh, the Georgia dominance, I think, is fading. Uh, the thing is, in the SEC, everybody wants to play for Kirby Smart, and I think the biggest – yeah. The biggest place that you see all those guys stepping up and, and the new guys coming in to play for Kirby Smart is on the front seven on both sides of the ball. Uh, sorry, well, the front uh, seven on defense and then the offensive linemen. They're getting, like, the, you know, the fucking 400-pound 6'8 lineman yeah. that Bama would usually get. And and that's why Bama always had a sick running game and always would just win football games because Bama never had, like, that number one QB or the number one pick in the draft QB type thing. I mean – they kind of had some really good guys, but it never panned out in the NFL form. So uh, Georgia, if Georgia can continue to get those recruits year in and year out, I think that's going to change next year, though, when the playoff goes to 12 teams. I think that's going to definitely increase the amount of dispersion that we'll see with all these top five recruits or, you know, the top recruits in the country. But, um, yeah, I'm just I, I could talk football all day, but I fucking love it, man. I'm so excited it's back and we have NFL this weekend and starting Thursday, actually. So. Yeah, so yeah, we're gonna have um an NFL betting segment coming out uh tomorrow actually where we're gonna make our betting cards for the college football weekend and for the NFL uh weekend as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh yeah, we have a lot of more content coming out now that the college football and NFL seasons are back. Um best time of the year right now. So yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming on, Butsy, and we will be back Got later it. this week. Peace. Peace.